The LA Clippers have arguably their biggest game of the season on Wednesday night against the Golden State Warriors with the Warriors right behind them in the standings. Just how much does this game mean for the Clippers? And Isaiah Hardenstein recently came out with a little bit of information on why he wasn't re-signed and what the Clippers could have done differently. That and more on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day. Your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. And of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more LA sports and Clipper content. Also, Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, including visually on YouTube, where I want you to comment on today's pin question. What seed will the Clippers finish with at the end of this regular season? And today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Basketball GM app. The Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app is the best app where you can imagine yourself, or shouldn't I, I shouldn't even say imagine, you can be an NBA GM in the game. You can hire coaches, make all those kind of roster transactions. But in this episode of Locked on Clippers, going to be talking about the game, the upcoming game, the big one on Wednesday. It feels like every game is a must win for the Clippers at this point. Going to be looking into the game with Stephen Curry returning. Clippers haven't seen him since... The first matchup against the Warriors this season at the Chase Center. And then I'm going to also be talking about the recent quote that came out of the article by Tamara Zarley, Clipper beat writer for Clutch Points. Isaiah Hartenstein talking about what went into him not returning for the Clippers this summer. And then in the end, found out some interesting stats about Russell Westbrook and Marcus Morris the last couple of days. And being that those two are the oftentimes targets for clipper defeats and scapegoats you can say found some information that you might find interesting so let's get right into it with the preview of the warriors game as of now the clippers are tied with the warriors with the exact same record at 36 and 33 now the golden state warriors are one of the best home teams in the nba they are 29 and 7 at home but they are the Worst team in the Western Conference on the road besides San Antonio and Houston who are already eliminated from play and contention. So for the defending champions to be so awful on the road makes you question a lot of things and makes you think that the Clippers are bound to win on Wednesday night. But I wouldn't be so sure because the Warriors being that the championship team that they are, at some point you've got to think that they're going to get over that road barrier. Hopefully, for the Clippers' sake, they never do this season. But I know it's got to be a point of emphasis in that locker room, in that organization right now, that they got to get some wins on the road. And Stephen Curry, you know, when he finished his interview the other day, or I think he was just walking in the locker room and he was being filmed by, like, NBA, YouTube, or whatever, he said, got to get one on the road. And for a second, that kind of frightened me because when a great player of that caliber wants a win real bad, Sometimes, or oftentimes, they tend to get that win. 
But the good thing for the Clippers is we have a really, really great, great player of our own who's playing exceptional basketball, and that's Kawhi Leonard. And the guy that would be guarding Kawhi Leonard and doing the best job on him, Andrew Wiggins, will not be playing. He's still out with personal matters, so prayers to him. Gary Payton Jr. is also not going to be playing yet, so... The Warriors are still shorthanded, especially defensively at the point of attack. They're starting DiVincenzo alongside Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Kevon Looney. So look for Clay Thompson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Draymond Green, two of those three starting on Paul George and Kawhi. If I had to guess, they like Draymond Green as a roamer help defender. So I'd say Draymond will start on Marcus Morris, and you'll have DiVincenzo guarding Paul George and then Clay Thompson guarding Kawhi. But I like those matchups both ways for the Clippers in straight-up isolation. I think the Clippers definitely got to go to a lot of mid-post P, get Kawhi Leonard moving off the ball, get Paul George moving off the ball. Steph Curry and Russell Westbrook should be a fascinating matchup. But what really is the standout for this game is that this is the final game of the season series between the Warriors and the Clippers. And if the Warriors win, they win the season series and own the tiebreaker. If the Clippers win, they're tied in the regular season season series. And... It will come down to what their records were against the Pacific Division. And right now, the Clippers are 6-7 and seven against the Pacific, and the Warriors are 6-8. and eight. So not much difference there. So something to watch going forward. But the Clippers, one thing's for sure, they got to absolutely get a win. And what I want to see them do is put Steph Curry and Jordan Poole in the pick and roll as much as possible. Russell Westbrook, as the screener, has had some really good results so far for the Clippers. So putting Steph Curry in that pick and roll and making him guard, because the Clippers haven't seen Steph Curry, as I said, for a couple of months. Making him guard is good because he hasn't been as good defensively whenever I've watched him this year. And the Warriors' defense being such a drop-off from last season is what's been the reason why they're not the same team. And you can argue there's a lot of internal things going on. Obviously, Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole and everybody in the world seeing it absolutely had to have some ripple effects in the locker room and you know they've said that they've gotten over it and all that but that kind of stuff sticks and there just seems like a lot of drama and for Draymond Green to come out on a podcast and say the writing's on the wall about his future with the Warriors I mean Bob Myers Steve Kerr will they be back there's a lot going on but one thing's for sure that the Warriors can never be underestimated and the Clippers need to be on their P's and Q's defensively just like they've been against Toronto and the other game against the New York Knicks The thing about it is they're playing an offense that, yes, their offensive numbers might not be insane this year, but their offense in terms of the way they play, the creativity, the movement without the basketball, the motion offense, the Clippers need to be on all their P's and Q's defensively, talking through every screen on and off the ball, and it's going to require big games from Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Given that Andrew Wiggins isn't playing, I expect to see a 30-point performance from Kawhi if the Warriors double-team, got to move the ball, find open shooters. Draymond Green is a fantastic help defender, and I think knowing Marcus Morris has been struggling, I think he's going to sag off of him a lot. So hopefully Marcus Morris can knock down some open shots throughout the game, not just in the first quarter. And what's going to be another thing to watch in this game is the way the Warriors guard Westbrook because they basically disrespected him and had him have his worst game as a Clipper thus far at Chase Center on TNT a couple weeks back. And that was just, they weren't even guarding him. Feet behind the three-point line, feet behind Russ when he was even at the, you know, at the nail foul line or 18 feet away at the top of the key. 
they were sagging off so much. It was honestly embarrassing, the crowd daring him to shoot. So that's something to watch. And Russ needs to attack the space and honestly shoot the mid-range with confidence and hopefully knock some down. But I would look for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to really take advantage of anyone guarding them, force second defenders, and get open shots. And ultimately, you got to make somebody besides Steph Curry beat you. Klay Thompson's been playing really well lately offensively. But on the road, it's just a different story altogether for that team. So, Steph Curry, you get the ball out of his hands or try to not let him beat you and then make him play defense. Make Jordan Poole play defense. Attract secondary defenders because they don't have Andrew Wiggins or Gary Payton. Clippers could get some really good results. At the end of the day, Clippers should absolutely win the game. They're at home, and even though there's going to be probably half, if not more, Warriors fans or Curry fanboys, whatever you want to call it, there, weren't, there was only like 35% Warriors support maybe 40 at most at the last Clipper Warriors game. But this one with Steph Curry back is going to absolutely be more than that in favor of the Warriors. So if you're going to the game, I will not be attending. If you're going to the game, please be loud. Root on the boys. You're going to have a lot of noise competing against you. And I hope the Clippers get that W. It's a huge, huge game. Every game is a must win and has been for the Clippers since the All-Star break ended and they started out with losing five of those must wins but they've rattled off three in a row gotta make it four at home against golden state and it would be a massive win because the phoenix suns lost again this time to the milwaukee bucks and now the suns are only one game in the loss column above the clippers with 32 losses and the clippers at 33 they are within striking distance so the clippers home court advantage dreams are still alive and well And speaking of dreams that are alive and well, Isaiah Hartenstein took his talents to New York this summer, but recent information about how close he was to staying a Clipper was released, and it makes you think, did the front office make a mistake? Going to be talking about that coming up. The Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app is the best app out there if you want to feel like an NBA GM. If you've ever dreamed about it like I have, well, you got to download the Ultimate Pro Basketball GM app. You can hire the right coaches and assistants. You can trade and train players. You can make draft picks, navigate your franchise through free agency. I mean, you can do whatever you want. Locked on Clippers listeners get a hundred percent free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up on the app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM. Start your dynasty today. All right, so the Clippers and the Warriors set to play on Wednesday, but on Sun, I'm sorry, Saturday, the Clippers defeated the New York Knicks and said hello to a familiar face, and that was Isaiah Hartenstein, who was the Clippers' backup center last year and was awesome in that role. Many Clipper fans, including myself, were really sad to see him go to New York, and you know, all summer long, he was posting pictures and videos working out with the Clipper teammates. And you just thought that it was basically a sure thing that he was going to re-sign with the Clippers, especially with his model girlfriend. And, you know, L.A. is a great place for business opportunities. I mean, who doesn't want to be in L.A.? And lately, who doesn't want to play for the Clippers? And Isaiah Hartenstein ended up joining the Knicks 
and got a solid deal that we quote unquote couldn't offer him. And here's what he said about it. And I got to give a shout out to one of my subscri- uh, one of the subscribers, Al Mack, who's been commenting this every single video it seems since when I started this podcast. But Isaiah Hartenstein said, "Quote to Tomer Zarley of Clutch Points, beat writer for the Clippers, does good work." Says they gave the only thing they really could have offered me to John Wall. I think I was actually going to come back, but I can't take that big of a pay cut. So let's break that quote down real quick. They gave the only thing they really could have offered me to John Wall. So that's exactly what our good friend Al Mack said, is that you could have offered him the tax mid-level exception or whatever taxpayers exception to Isaiah Hartenstein instead of John Wall. Now, this goes back to the situation the Clippers find themselves in now, where the front office... Actually, I don't want to say the front office, but the team wanted a point guard, somebody with high assist numbers, somebody that's a playmaker. And the front office, I mean, the way Jerry West and Lawrence Frank spoke about it, they were very enthusiastic on the move. So I'm not going to assume that it was just the players and the coaching, you know, the coaches, like this Russell Westbrook thing, and that the front office was against it. I think the front office became against it because they tried John Wall and it didn't really work out for them. You know, the idea of bringing in John Wall was to get, obviously, a playmaker high assist guy, best passer on the team that could push the pace, have some downhill rim pressure, basically all the reasons we brought in Russell Westbrook. But we found out pretty quickly that his jump shot still wasn't good. His mid-range wasn't good. He didn't move without the ball, and he tried to do too much. And at times he would run one-on-four, one-on-five, and he just didn't have the teammates and athletes that were trying to play his style top to bottom and obviously those three guard lineups didn't help him and he came off the bench and he wasn't a huge fan of that but you know John Wall still did some things better than I expected the point is for many people including myself when we signed John Wall I was thinking to myself okay now we have 11 players that deserve to play before Luke Kennard and Norman Powell, who I expected would come off the bench, were the guards that were coming off the bench. You don't need three guards coming off the bench. But then it made me think, okay, there's going to be load management. But I've been concerned since before the season that the Clippers have too much depth that when they're fully healthy, where are they going to go? Is it going to be tough for Ty Lue? And the answer has been unequivocally yes this entire season. So in retrospect, no, I don't think the Clippers should have gotten John Wall. And if they hadn't gotten John Wall... I think Luke Kennard would still be a clipper. I think he would have still gotten consistent burn, consistent minutes, and he wouldn't have lost his confidence and rhythm the way that he did. And Isaiah Hardenstein not coming back, I mean, yeah, it's great now that Clippers have Mason Plumley, who's, I think, better than Isaiah Hardenstein. Probably hasn't been a better backup than Isaiah was last season for the Clippers just yet. But Isaiah Hardenstein hasn't really been a starting center like that with success, like Mason Plumley has. And I'll say this. Isaiah Hardenstein hasn't gotten glowing reviews in New York this season. However, I don't know how they're using him. I don't watch every game. I don't know what they were necessarily expecting from him. But I will say this about Isaiah. He was fantastic for the Clippers. And not having a backup center for the majority of the season was a huge miscalculation on the Clippers' part. And that's no disrespect to Moses Brown. So I should say a backup center that could really get minutes on a championship-level team. And Moses Brown wasn't exactly that. And the Clippers, you know, coming into the season knew 
that they like to lean small and the playoffs are going to go small a lot. So they really approached the season with having only one real center that was going to be in their rotation. And that was a mistake. And you know what? I defended it at the time. I said, you know what? It's fine. Today's NBA is different, but I was wrong. I was wrong because a lot of teams, most teams have a true backup big and we were getting abused by guys like Jock Landale. And yeah, Isaiah Hartenstein not being re-signed was a mistake. If they were to choose between Isaiah Hartenstein and John Wall, they should have kept Isaiah. But you can't look back. You can only look forward. And now the Clippers have Mason Plumlee. They don't have Isaiah Hartenstein. They have Russell Westbrook. They don't have John Wall. And Isaiah, you know, I just want to end this before we move on. He also said this about Clipper fans. He said, I love the Clippers fans. I miss them a lot. They were really good to me when I was here. I'm really grateful for Steve Ballmer, Lawrence Frank, Teron Liu, those guys that gave me a chance to be me and play the way I know I can play. Thank you, Isaiah Hartenstein. Coming up, going to be looking at some interesting statistics that have caused a lot of, I want to say, debate or healthy conversation on social media of late. Russell Westbrook and Marcus Morris. Some stats that may surprise you about them coming up after this the midway point of the nba season is here and past and now is the perfect time to download fanduel america's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the fanduel sportsbook app it's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained this week I'm feeling the Clippers' money line against the Golden State Warriors. They're on a three-game winning streak. I'm feeling lucky. Let's go for four in a row. It's at the Staples Center, and the Warriors are just awful this season when it comes to winning on the road. So Clippers' money line for me. And it's not just money line. You can bet on the player props, players' points, rebounds, assists, all that kind of stuff. And FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, to close it out, going to be talking about Marcus Morris Sr. and Russell Westbrook. I'm going to start with Russ. An interesting stat was being posted around Twitter on Monday, and this comes from one of the Clipper media, Justin Russo. He says, the Clippers have been 11.6 points per 100 possessions better with Russell Westbrook on the floor compared to off since the All-Star break. So, let's think. Does that back up what we've seen? Well... I mean, there's been good and bad stretches with Russ. But overall, those are the numbers, right? That the Clippers have just done better with Russ. And I like that because I'm a big Russ fan. And you know, it seems like Russ has stretches where he'll have just really bad quarters. But then he'll also have stretches where he'll be be fantastic. Like, I mean, obviously he had two really good games to start his Clipper career. And then the third game against Minnesota, you saw a fantastic first half where he was playing amazing, creating a lot of good looks. And then he went to the bench alongside... Paul George and the Clippers didn't play as well. And in the second half, Russ just could not hit a shot. Then you obviously have the Warriors game, which was just absolutely horrific. And then at Sacramento, but where he was awesome, but there was no Kawhi Leonard in that game. And then we get to the last three games where he's had his good moments and he's had his bad moments. So overall, the numbers say that the Clippers have been 11.6 points better with them on the floor than without. So I'll take that. 
Does that mean he should close? Does that mean he should start? Well, he's going to keep starting and I have no problems with it. Does that mean he should close? I'm still not for Russell Westbrook closing most games, especially in the playoffs. I prefer a guy that's not, because we already have Paul George to worry about with reckless turnovers. And I'm a little bit worried about Russ. And I also think that the ball tends to find non-shooters at the end of games. And I want a guy like an Eric Gordon or a Terrence Mann out there. And Russell Westbrook defensively is just not good enough uh, on a consistent basis, in my opinion, to close. And I think if we don't allow him to close, I think a lot of the blame that people usually give to Russell Westbrook when his team loses will go away. I think we'll use him as a guy that is going to help in a large way, in large stretches of the game. But closing, we go with something else. Because I think he does create so many good looks and he does add some pace to the offense and he still can score. And, you know, m- most of the games that he's played for the Clippers thus far, he's been the third best player, in my opinion. Just the, the swagger and what he does in terms of how he carries himself. You know, the leadership aspect that everybody keeps talking about within the locker room. You know, Terrence Mann, Zubots, everyone talking about how vocal he is. You know, that stuff, he does carry himself like a guy who's been there, done that. Let's go into the Hall of Fame. So I think, you know, with Norman Powell having been injured and, and obviously slumping a little bit and Terrence Mann's minutes being reduced, same with Eric Gordon, I think Russell Westbrook has been the third best player since he's come to the Clippers, but the Clippers are three and five in those games. So it's not saying much. All that net rating stuff is cool, but it doesn't matter unless the Clippers are actually winning games. At the end of the day, the Clippers are three and five since they got Russ and were, you know, whatever beforehand, over 500. So right now that those numbers don't back Russ up. But speaking of numbers, Marcus Morris Sr. So I talked about the whole rebounding percentage thing and got into a conversation today about it. And it turns out, you know, the team, the Clippers team, just does better in terms of defensive rebounding percentage with Marcus Morris on than Marcus Morris off. That's regardless of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George or Zoo. When Marcus Morris has been on the court, they have a better rebounding percentage than off. Now, does that mean that Marcus Morris should start? For me, no. Does that mean that the Clippers are better with Marcus Morris on the court? Probably not. The, the lineup data favors Terrence Mann starting. Does that mean that Marcus Morris makes the Clippers a better rebounding team? You'd think by just listening to that data, the answer is yes. But I personally disagree because I will say this. So let me give you a stat. The defensive rebounding percentage with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Ivica Zubats, because the, the basic pushback will be, well, Marcus Morris is in lineups that involve Zubats, Kawhi, and Paul George most of the time. He starts each half with them. So having the three best rebounders in the team will make your rebounding percentage when you're on the court look a lot better. But apparently, you know, the stat is with even without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, or Zoo involved, the rebounding percentage is better with Morris on the floor than with them off. So, and uh, here's another stat. With Zoot, with Batumin, instead of senior, they go from 99th percentile to 49th. So, and their defensive numbers are worse with that quartet as opposed to Paul, Kawhi, Zoo, and senior. So the numbers with that quartet do senior and the trio better than Nico and the trio of Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo better. But here are the stats in terms of defensive rebounding percentage. The defensive rebounding percentage with senior plus Kawhi, Zoo, and Paul is 79.5% in 431 minutes. The defensive rebounding percentage with 
Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubats. But instead of Kawhi, Reggie Jackson is 80.7% in 456 minutes. So 25 more minutes than the first one I listed. And that has a better defensive rebounding percentage. So again, I can use any stat to paint out a picture. But if it doesn't back up what my eyes are seeing, then it doesn't really matter to me. Personally, you can. It can matter to you if you want. But it doesn't matter to me. And Marcus Morris... He gets less rebounds than most guys on the team that get the minutes that he does. Robert Covington averages one, less than one full, less, sorry, less than one full rebound a game, less than senior. And he plays, I want to say 12 minutes less. Nico Batum also barely behind him in the rebounding department and plays six minutes less. Actually, I'm pretty sure Nico averages more rebounds. I'm going to check that real quick. But yeah, overall... Marcus Morris is, you know, making the defensive rebounding percentage better in a league where people get back on defense most of the time anyway is not very relevant. And it just feels like throwing data out there to try to defend the decision that Tyloo's making to start him. But again, I've heard it from now, not two, but three people now that Marcus Morris was going to be taken out of the starting lineup and, you know, ego, conversations, emotions got in the way. And we ended up sticking with it because Tyloo didn't want to ruffle any feathers because Marcus Morris was not happy about it. So it, it is what it is. It's exactly what I heard. I heard it from multiple people. Marcus Morris is averaging 3.9 rebounds and Nicholas Batum is averaging 4.2. So he's averaging more rebounds than Mark. I'm sorry, 4.2 to 4.1. Senior is 4.1. Nico 4.2. Robert Covington 3.6. So that's what I meant when I said less than one less. I know that sounds confusing. But yeah, less than one rebound, less than senior in 12 less minutes. So Marcus Morris, look, I'm not going to scapegoat him. I think even with him in the starting lineup, the Clippers can still continue to build wins. Can they win the championship with him in the starting lineup? I don't know. I really don't. But moral of the story, the Clippers, according to the numbers, are a better rebounding team with seniors on the court. That's just the numbers. But... I still think that Terrence Mann should start, even though that's a lost cause. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper and LA sports content. Thanks you, thank you for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Game to Game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Remember... Subscribe to Locked On Clippers and hit the notification bell so you know every time we post a video. And please comment on the pinned question, what seed do you think the Clippers are going to finish with this season? Clippers Warriors, it's a big one, a huge one. Coming up on Wednesday night, the age-old proverb continues, Go Clippers!